from Raw and Radical. This is On Display, a podcast about extraordinary women in the arts, their true stories and inspiration. I am Maren Brodbeck and every episode features a conversation with one great woman in the arts or music. There are dialogues about real-life challenges, exploring what it means to be a woman in creativity. Welcome to Private View. Today we are welcoming Victoria Binstock. She is a conceptual artist working with photography. She was born in Moscow and now lives and works in Berlin. She studied photography and media art at the Academy of Visual Art in Leipzig and did a Meister Schuler Studium, which is kind of equivalent to a master. She works with codes, the relationship between reality and imagery. She uses found digital data images that she recreates and she combines it with her own work. She restages photograph and creates her own original compositions. Please welcome Victoria. Hi Victoria, welcome to the show. Can you tell me about your time in Leipzig and the school you did there and how it shaped you as an artist and how your work progressed from there on? Yes, sure. Hi. I'm, um, yeah, I moved to Leipzig in the mid-90s, so it was um, just a few years after the re reunification, so it was quite... Uh, not organized, so it was uh, a mess. Also, the school, um, they had just um, get rid of some professors and some new came from, yeah, all over Germany. And um, it was a new situation for both uh, the students, but also professors. Yeah. So most of the students were a bit uh, like, yeah, making their own thing. It, yeah, it was not organized at all, and I think it also shaped um, to work by myself. So I had no uh, n no one to tell me what to do. All right. And I also worked a lot with my colleagues, and yeah, it was like going somewhere and meet people. But then, of course, we had some some professors, and um, they um, had an impact. I think. Um, especially uh, my professor Tim Rautert I studied with for a long time, for many years and um, we had a lots of uh, theory also in Leipzig philosophy and photos theory and it was quite intense and I studied uh, for a long time maybe because it was not organized uh, we could stretch this time so I went there for all together for 10 years oh wow from 95 to and 2005 I actually I ended my Meisterschüler Studium which was on top of my study and yeah actually 2005 I was ready after 10 years <laughs> excellent but you grew up in the eastern part of Germany right no in the western part so oh, in the western part yes I um, I grew up in Minden Westfalen, which is close to Hanover, and I came there from Moscow with my mom. Uh, she um, married a German, um, and it was uh, quite a contrast coming from a big city like Moscow. Um, yeah. I just remember my childhood memories, so it's far away, but it was from 
metropolis to yeah a village <laughs> and i was searching for the subway and for <laughs> yeah possibility to ice skate but nothing there so and i didn't speak german at all so it was also um an experience i made living in a small small village knowing no one and i didn't spoke the language so everything was for me visual i see so i tried to to get information through uh, also through photographs <laughs> i think yes. this is also where it started that i became interested in images and tried to find out what i was surrounded by Yeah, because in your work, you use a lot of code, visual codes, right? So I was wondering if your life experience in both, you know, uh, the Eastern world in a way and Western world, if you really felt that difference and how did that influence your work with all those codes? Did you see that? Because how old were you when you, you moved from Moscow? I was about six years old. Yeah. So it was uh, also that age when... I had to go to school, so I went to school, but I didn't spoke a word. And I, I learned uh, very fast. I learned the language very fast. And uh, about um, yeah, the the impact in my work, um, I think yes, it has an impact. I, I just realized a couple of years ago that all these mm. circumstances. Uh, of my early uh, experience living in a world where I didn't uh, have the chance to understand uh, the language, the written language or, yeah, the spoken language, I was um, lost in images. And, it, yeah. uh, of course, the Western world was full of ads and commercial images. And this is also how I um, learned German, through commercials also on tv oh interesting so yeah. my first words were like waschmaschine or something <laughs> Wash, washing machine excellent or yeah all the words i yeah got from tv and um yeah but now of course um it's uh, on another level i i'm working with images on and on images and i also try to still try to understand this imagery yeah. we are surrounded by yeah. and i mix up images i do myself with online imagery yeah which uh i'm very much interested in because um we know there are so many um images online and they're getting more and more and um i was from the beginning of digitization i was interested what what's new what kind of images um are there because we don't see them we have to um, open our computer and and search for something but we know there are images and they are circulating mm. but what what is the content how does digitization also change the content of images yeah, absolutely yeah And it's getting more and more like that. Yeah. So you use found photography, documentation, you restage photograph, and you use original composition. So how do you mix them all together? And how do you deal with the question of authorship and originality in your work? Um, I actually, I made different works for my um, praxis. So... Um, The latest work I started in 
2015, yep. which I first called Clusters, and now I changed the title to Networked Images. The way I appropriate images here is I upload my own images, um, yep. which are just a tool to get uh, other people's images. And I use an algorithm which is um, searching images by images, so no language is related to my search. Yep. And this is something I, yep. I, I'm really fascinated by, that it's possible to, to make connection from one image to another and to visualize this net of images. Yeah, and, true. Um, I decided to start with my own image because I think this is also something very characteristic that we share and we take images. And um, in this case, I, I share my own image because I upload this and, and it is part of this universe now. Yeah. And then I get the images um, that are visually related uh, through color or by color or uh, structure or whatever the algorithm thinks it yep. can be yep. related to my image and uh, and then I restage these images so I I just get the idea and then I go back into my studio and I restage this found images and make high and version of this yeah, yeah. Uh, low JPEG. And then I combine my image and the found image and then um, I do this works where you don't really have a story behind one certain image. It's more about visual data and about uh, it's an abstraction on this visual culture. So yeah. uh, the more and more I do and work on it through the years, the more uh, you see this cross-section of this visual world. So first of all, I thought, okay, I made this exhibition and now uh, I can go over to the next project. But then I realized, no, it's not finished yet. It's like an yeah. encyclopedia. So I have to work on it and uh, I'm still working on it because... Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to end. I don't see any end in this yeah. right now. So I'm still, yeah. I have so many images. I want to see uh, what is connected to them. But see, it's interesting you saying that because when I look at some of your compositions, uh, when you put different frames together because of the colors and the shape, uh, it feels almost to me like a storytelling. It really relates to me to storytelling. Yeah. So I feel like when I look at them, there's like a sequence of images that creates a story. So I'm not quite sure of the story, but I can imagine many things when I look at them. And I really like that. And I really like how you compose your image and how you frame them together. The storytelling, I think it's something very uh, human. Yeah. So we see images and we immediately have uh, some connections to experiences we made or yeah we we try to find a story probably behind it and i think it's it's great that uh, it inspires you to think about stories and this is totally mm. open 
uh, to stories, I think, the work. It just, uh, when people ask me, when I'm in uh, an exhibition and people ask me about this or that image, I just tell them, no, I, I don't have a story for this image. It yeah. just, it's a yeah. found image and it relates to, to another photograph out there and yeah. it's not mine uh, originally. Yeah. And then I think there is quite a disappointment because yeah people want to hear a story but <laughs> but this is something more yeah as i told you it's more abstract it's more about uh, a culture than about a certain image and a story behind this certain yeah. image but i like this idea of not having a story but yet the image create yeah. their own stories by themselves I, yeah. i like that um i mean my images of course they have a story because what i do is uh, I mix up images and the images I make myself in the physical world they of course can have a certain story but um, it's not why I am showing this image it's not because I want to tell a personal story it's yeah. just uh, yeah. yeah this um, piece like in a puzzle it's just uh, one piece in a, in a whole Uh, image or a whole puzzle which mm. but mm. this one has no end so it, the frames yeah. are open to all sides and I'm still working with each piece getting this image ready someday. So when you finished uh, Leipzig uh, the school there you went to Berlin I think you already moved there before the end of the school um, you did. Yes I moved to Berlin um, and then I at the same time I also made my diploma And then yeah. um, I made a, sh a short break, like half a year or something, and I, I had a grant and went to New York to work there at the ICP, this International Studio and Curatorial Program, uh, for mm. half a year. Great, yeah. It was really inspiring and awesome, yeah, eye-opener and mind-blowing and everything. So it was a great time and also a great possibility to work as an artist for the very first time after studying art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you, you co-created in Berlin an artist-run space with about 20 other artists working with photography and media, such as film, called um, America Berlin? Yes, correct? Yeah, correct. Could you talk a bit about that and how you started with this space and what was the, the idea with it and what did it bring you, how it helped your career? Um, it was actually uh, yeah, the only thing we could do after studying art and not having a gallery. Yeah. Um, we, the artists, we thought, uh, yeah, let's do our own gallery. And this project uh, was defined for two years so we called it america we were 20 people actually and uh, finding a name was already a very difficult <laughs> process so yeah we we found the space actually we, we ran through berlin finding a space which was really uh, easy at that time in uh, 2005 i think yeah we started the space so um, yeah, we found the space. We um, also hired a gallerist. So we had like a cast, a gallerist cast. So we invited different people. And uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, we found a gallerist who 
yeah. was our gallerist at that time. So yeah. for two years, we defined the space to be our gallery and the gallerist to be our gallerist. And we all put a small amount of money. That's also what we, why we had to be so many people. Not only that we all wanted to support each other, of course, and to uh, emancipate from this uh, yeah, commercial gallery hype, whatever, uh, it was also a possibility to share all expenses. Yeah. And yeah, we made a plan for two years and everyone could show, I think, twice in this two years and double shows, sometimes single shows. So it was mixed and it was very successful. So cool. Yeah. So it was very organized. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty great. It was organized and also uh, because we had also the gallerist and we, we actually had two gallerists um, because the gallerist we hired, he um, uh, also brought up someone else. So they were doing it together. So, um, yeah, it was a good time. And um, I'm not sure if it would work now. So I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I can't advise everyone to make this artist-run space, but I think it's always good to organize themselves and to be active and uh, yeah just try out all the possibilities yeah. you have yeah so i'm curious how did you do the the casting of the <laughs> of the galleries because usually it's the galleries that do the casting of the artists so i kind of yeah, like this idea it was, it was the other way around yeah we all knew some people related to art so everyone could uh mention someone and uh, yeah. we had a pool of names and then we discussed who should we invite so it was really a discussion and then we ended up with a couple of names and then we made this casting sessions and not all of us together like not 20 people and one uh, one maybe gallerist future gallerist but we made some small groups of three or five people and uh, had these meetings and then we came together and uh, we just discussed again we okay. would think would be the best and then yeah one uh, was the happy winner and, <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh, a great idea i still think it was a great idea to do it and uh, it very much also helped uh, me i mean also some others but not everyone succeeded um in terms of being still um, an artist in this, uh, yeah, commercial or market uh, art world, but um, I have still some colleagues um, I'm working with or I see mm -hmm. sometimes. But some they uh, do some other jobs now, so mm -hmm. it was so so. But for me, it was really helpful to do this. Yeah, I think it was very clever because there's a lot of um, artist-run space, but most of them don't hire a gallerist. You yeah. know, most of them are run by the artist. Yeah. And Maybe that's a mistake. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. artists uh, should uh, focus on working on their art, and it, yeah. it, it's already intense uh, working on art. And um, there are so many um, uh, things gallerists do, do much better than an artist i mean i yeah. i think i never sold a piece myself just uh, without having a gallerist in between the collector yeah. and me so 
I don't. Um, I'm I'm really bad in in uh, talking about money. And I would uh, actually I would all uh, give away for free. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that because I think it's really hard as a, as artists because we are so our work is so personal. I think artwork is so personal. It's so hard to detach yourself from it and and go on the other side of you know more the commercial yeah. side and jump yeah. on that side and just sell it as a. It's a whole other business, I think. So it's an administrative business mm. to yeah all the phone calls you have to do and all the uh, yeah art fairs and stuff i mean yeah it's not possible to do it as an artist i think yeah so i'm i'm really happy um uh, i'm working with the gallery actually since um more than 10 years now in berlin and uh, i'm very happy um i'm glad they do their job and i can Mm. I'm free to do mine, so it's a good uh, yeah. cooperation. How would you define the relationship you have with your gallery? Um, I mean, since we started together, the, the gallery uh, or the co- the career, uh, me as an artist and they as gallerist, so uh, we, it's very equal and very, it's almost uh, a friendship, or it's a friendship, I would say. So. Mm. Um, yeah, we when you start together, it's like your baby. So it's uh, they are the mothers, and I'm the whatever the father. So we do it together. So it's I think different if you uh, probably get somewhere into a gallery after ten years, or I don't know if a gallery already is running and very maybe successful, and then you get in. Yeah. It might be different. I'm not sure. I don't know. I have no experience. I just have this experience with my gallery, and um, it's a, it is great. So we made uh, many good times and also bad times. So we made it through this financial crisis in 2000 and whatever eight. Yeah. So it was actually in the beginning of the gallery. So we survived uh, a lot of crisis. So I think it's it's great. Ah, so when you started working with your gallery, it was quite a young gallery. Yes, yeah. We just, yeah. we opened, they opened, and I was one of the first artists, so. Oh, that's nice. And I think I was the second show, so it was, yeah. We didn't know where this journey would go to, and it was, we were young and, and yeah, full of energy. Yeah. We still are, yeah. but not young anymore. Yeah. So. But experienced. That's and, a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to talk a bit about femininity in your work and the feminine and womanhood because um, I noticed that uh, throughout the years, throughout your work, you always include um, women in your work or parts, body parts of women, parts of imagery of women. And I wanted to talk with you about the importance of womanhood and femininity in your work because I feel yet it's it's really strong. I made a work in this networked images which is called Me Too where I I show uh, a woman's hand holding a smartphone mm-hmm. uh, and you can see the word hashtag Me Too mm-hmm. 
and I found this image and I uh, it's related to another image that I uploaded but I found this image and I thought it's so strong and um, you don't see any um, anything figurative in it it's yeah. no no body part or something it's it's just about this hashtag and it made me just think also about the advantage of also being um, connected online and mm. also to uh, empower people in this case also women to come together mm. and have this hashtag and also to yeah to be visible yeah because i mean some of your work is feels I don't know if I can say this, but it feels very associated to women and sexuality. For example, uh, Marriage is a Lie, Fried Chicken, where you have this imagery of um, a red dress, but it's actually a man, right? Yeah. A close-up of a red dress, but it's a man, yeah. it's not a woman. Is that correct, yeah, right? Yeah, that's correct. And um, it actually, it refers... To an image of a skirt, of, of a yeah, small skirt with women legs. But when I was restaging this image, um, I only had a, a man in my studio. It was my assistant. So uh, he offered me to be the model for this image. And then I, we tried out and I restaged this image. And I found it so much stronger to have this man in the skirt and having his legs uh, very hairy but you yeah. see it only if you come closer to this image yeah. so if you absolutely enter yeah. the space and see um, it's actually it's an um, it's a work which is much bigger than this one image so it's a diptych with another image and um, it's um, embedded in a photo uh, large bitmap photo and um, yeah you get maybe attracted to this image but then when you get closer you realize oh it's a man and maybe mm. you think about the codes that uh, this image is sending out and how yeah. we see images and uh, yeah are yeah related to some codes yeah completely because another work I'm thinking about is legs and knife which is quite a recent work, uh, where you have uh, four images, right? You have two close-up of a cutter and then uh, two close-up of legs. I'm not sure they are legs, are they? Yeah, in the two in the middle, they are yeah. legs. And uh, yeah, there's widespread, and, but you don't yeah. see the middle. So, um, And the other parts are from a, a cutter, like a knife you use and um, I use in my studio and um, I, I combine it like I combine images in this networked image uh, series and it's creating something autonomous out of this uh, image pools and yeah. uh, to see how yeah images are somehow related to each other and yeah. there is no single image it's always related to something and it's also how we get information nowadays so we come from one point to another so we are always uh, linked to the next information and 
this networked uh, image series is the visual answer to this, I think, digital information. So I show something in my work just visually, but it's related to uh, digitization and uh, how information is uh, part of our lives and uh, leads you sometimes uh, to something you didn't even thought about could be next to another. Yeah, but would you say that this work has a connotation with feminism and the feminist movement that is happening now? Because symbolically it's pretty strong. You know, in the legs, in the thigh, knife, red, you know, there's lots of symbols. Yes, I know. Um, it could be, but I actually, I don't, uh, um, as it's just one part of uh, a bigger uh, series and a bigger analysis of this image world, it's just a yeah. part of it. But of course, me, I would consider myself as a feminist, so yes, uh, I also choose these images, of course, to show them and to be part of the series, but the whole thing is not only about feminism, yeah, but mm. Um, mm. they are part of it. You can read, so this is also the openness of this project, it's open to ideas and uh, things you see in it, so... Yeah, yeah. reflections. Yes, so it can yeah. be very much read as a feminist uh, transportation of images yeah would you say that uh, during your career you were you felt you were a woman or you were ever confronted to the situation where you were uh, undermined or maybe not looked at because you were a woman or did you ever had the feeling that working as a woman was harder than a man to be recognized to be looked at or you know to have recognition in your work yes I think, yeah, not only through my career as an artist, also as a student, I always felt it's being a woman and working in this field is, uh, is also a struggle. And I made many um, bad experiences also because many men also decide about careers or about, yeah, your work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I learned a lot and I didn't give up, so I developed strength. So, yeah, I think every woman makes this experience, I guess, uh, hmm. in, in the field where men are more visible. Of course, in, yeah. in the beginning, we are like in, in, in the art school. It was very equal. We were like 50% or even more women. But then, all of a sudden, when you get out, you are confronted with all the men and then you realize all oh, that's uh, hard work to do to mm. to get through this uh, yeah but um, I think right now people realized also men realized it's not uh, it shouldn't be the way it was and things are happening it, it's changes now I think and also mm. when uh, like in group shows uh, curators are more aware of uh, who they invite and they can't just make all boys shows anymore so <laughs> yeah people realize it's, uh, it has to be changed 
Yeah. People start to notice. Yes. Yeah. And pay more attention. Yes, yeah. pay more attention. And also, I get invited sometimes for panels or uh, conferences, and it's really mixed now. So I remember being one of the few female speakers or artists and invited to shows or conferences. So this changed very much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But still, there is so much more to do, and I hope one day we don't even think about it. So, yeah, it will be just uh, equal. This yeah. is also what I'm, um, yeah, working on. What would you say to all the other women artists that are listening to us? <laughs> what advice would you would you give them uh, to? make a mark for themselves what would you say to them it's difficult to give advices for me um, because i think it should be so natural just to work on what you're doing and mm. don't think too much about this man and woman but always be aware and always um yeah I'll always uh, take your piece of the cake i would say don't uh, even hesitate not to be part of the party and yeah mm just go on for your rights <laughs> and <laughs> everyone uh, should be able to be part of it so it's uh, yeah gender I think gender or nationality or whatever categories there are they are so historical yeah. so it's not there is no advice I think it's just uh, keep doing what you're doing yes right? <laughs> yeah You are a mother of two boys, uh, yeah. 11 years old and a six-year-old. How did you juggle motherhood, the artist's life, the career? Has it been easy, difficult? What were your main challenges? And how did being a mother fed your own art? Or did it not? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to answer this because uh, I think you could also ask my like my boyfriend, the father of the boys, how he's doing it with all this work yeah. and the kids. I'm happy that uh, I'm, I have a partner who's also doing the same amount of uh, yeah, work I do with the kids and uh, he's also working. So we somehow made it so far. And um, I think uh, for me, It was always important to work, so I didn't just interrupt or stop mm. working. Mm. And um, I think it's also better for the kids to see me working because when I'm at home, like uh, when I'm sick or whatever, I'm uh, yeah, I can be really uh, not easy <laughs> to deal with. So it's they're happy uh, to see me at work, and then I'm happy to come back home and I really love spending time with them but only after yeah also having a, a great working period so yeah it's both and um in germany we have this uh, the or in berlin it's um actually um possible to have daycare very early so this is what we did we put our babies into daycare mm. the whole day so like um in other parts of Germany you can put your kids I think after three years in, in daycare but here oh, right. 
you can start like after four weeks or something and yeah. have a daycare mother and yeah so i'm really thankful for having all these daycare mothers uh, taking care of my kids while i was working and coming back home happily and yeah so you were able to keep your practice yeah and i'm don't think they having kids or family very much changed my uh, work or yeah content wise I, i don't think there was any change mm. but um working now is more it's a structure i have now since i have kids um i have this time frame and i can work from whatever eight to five or something and um i try to do as much as i can in this time frame yeah and before it was really open end and yeah i could sleep in my studio and yeah <laughs> party and whatever but i didn't make more work i think so yeah, yeah. it was just not uh, yeah that focused yeah in, in this amount of time yeah so i'm i think i'm more they made me more organized or work organized in this time mm-hmm. in the time you have and yes and the time i have to let you have your own space yeah. which is yeah. essential yeah 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 and of course um um having kids are also you don't have to have kids your own but also um having uh contact with kids is also inspiring to see things differently so sometimes i just realize when they ask something or they, they discover something um i just uh, discover things again and and see something different in ordinary life and this is very inspiring mm. yeah cool <laughs> so i also like to see um images with them so what they see in images mm. and sometimes i also show my work and they judge me or they see something i didn't see before so we are also in conversation about my work sometimes yeah and kids are pretty honest right <laughs> yeah, they're ruthless totally. <laughs> about what what they think <laughs> <laughs> they don't take gloves yeah yeah and sometimes they want to me to uh, include their images in my work so they say so you can also use mine yeah. <laughs> and i make all the money <laughs> and spend it on uh sweets of course <laughs> <laughs> i really love this image mm-hmm. and it is called golden horn and golden cases and i think it's actually really sexual no <laughs> yeah uh, now that you say it uh, i can see what <laughs> you mean but <laughs> it's uh, yeah It, it wasn't meant that way so um yeah this is again also from this networked images so uh just accidentally clashing two images together in this case they overlap yep and uh they are just visual analogies so yep. um yeah there are different forms um and shapes um i when i arrange them i'm really open to any kind of form they can take so um i work in my studio and i try out a lot of things before i decide yeah. how they will yeah which form they will get in the end so in this case it's 
this very yeah strange format and overlapping mm -hmm. and um, before uh, starting this um, cluster and network images uh, series I worked very much more in series which I started and completed after a while so it's something new to to do something over a long period of time yep, to, yep. to focus on something and um, it's uh, I think yeah it's the fact that I'm working on on visual culture and visual culture is so um, there is no beginning and no end yep. and it develops all the time yep. so this is could be also like uh, I won't I, I don't want to say it's a never-ending project but for me it's still so inspiring every day and I also want to document through my work um, certain developments like with the Me Too piece I also uh, make a statement on a certain time in our culture when this hashtag uh, yeah appeared and um, so you definitely know this image couldn't be before 2018 but it couldn't have done before so yeah. it also marks a certain uh, point in our um, history so images um, are so to speak indicators of our time and this yeah. is what I'm interested in very much so the reflection on the time we live in through images. I'm very curious about your use of colors because I really like how you juxtapose, use colors. I'm really myself into colors. I love color. And I was wondering if you can uh, talk a bit about uh, colors and the importance of color in your work because obviously it is important. And how do you see color? Mm. How do you use it? Mm. I um, the images that I choose for my uh, project, um, uh, which is a collaboration between me and the algorithm. Yeah. Um, the images that I use, they have to be a little uh, bit of um, how to say uh, not easy to to read because the algorithm, if the algorithm would. Uh, get an image of a landscape it would be um, very boring because it would just deliver all the landscape images immediately hmm. so I have to be cryptic in, in my selection of images and I crop very much so I most of the images that I upload are uh, cryptical details of something of images I made myself um, or sometimes I just focus on a little detail. So um, the machine or the, the artificial intelligence doesn't uh, immediately realize what it is analyzing. So it gives me a more open content, uh, wise open uh, results. And um, color, I, I play with the colors because uh, I want to show... Uh, wide range of uh, colors and shapes and forms mm. Mm. just to be not uh, concentrated on one thing 
that this is why you see so many different colors in this work. Yeah, it's a variety of colors. Um, I'm also interested in. So when I had the red color, like for instance, in Marriage is Alive, Fried Chicken, that was very much the red cluster. Then I'm, um, yeah, I go to another color and another detail in my archive. So I'm searching for something completely different. Mm. And in the end, like if I would get a retrospective one day, I, I wish I could show like, yeah, as many colors and shapes as possible. Mm. So this is my vision. So working with the medium of photography for so many years, I mean, I started in the 90s with a starting photography, and uh, I'm still working with this medium, and it's developing all the time. So yeah. when I started, it was um, the analog process, yeah. so it was very much just a chemical uh, definition of photography. Um, and it always was connected to something in the real world, yeah. like a foot, footprint of something outside. But now, or since um, digitization, there is no proper definition. And people, are, and like, I'm, me too, I, I'm, I'm also still searching uh, for a description. And there are so many books on it and theories and how can we um, um, define photography nowadays? Yeah. And I'm, I'm still learning a lot and thinking about uh, the medium. And always when I think I got it, um, the next step is... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, next step is there. And then again, I have to think about the new development. Like, for instance, with smartphones and social media... Yeah. Also, um, these tools had a major impact on photography. Absolutely, again, so yeah. And I'm spending time thinking about uh, this impact on photography. And so technology shapes this so much. And yeah. I think um, there's something I'm working on. And yeah. It's uh, still very exciting, also to yeah, that's to true. see how it develops. That's, it feels like a lifetime uh, thing to think about. Yeah, that's true. Since the early days, since the beginning of photography, people using the medium have created images that completely relate to the possibilities of the time. Yeah. So yeah, the artist in a way has evolved with the medium. And now we arrive at a time with digital photography where we can choose our perfect color mm -hmm. so much easier than before, where we were more um, dependent on, yeah. you know, the technology. On the, yeah, on the color palette. Yeah. So it gives yeah. a humongous freedom where everything becomes possible now. And that, yeah. that's also quite interesting. Yeah. And also, it took me a while to um, to shoot digital because uh, also it was possible already working digitally. Mm. I was still 
um, yeah, somehow I had this relationship to my analog equipment yeah. and I didn't make the step. Yeah, but at one point I couldn't uh, refuse this possibility anymore. So, and I started to shoot digitally and, and now I mix it up. So, I sometimes I, I also use film. Yeah. So, it's both. And I think this is for me the, the, the way to work. So, I choose the medium I'm working with depending on this the image or the project I have in mind hmm. so it's a crossover between all these possibilities and and also about um, manipulation because um, people some, sometimes ask me did you manipulate this image and I I don't know what they, it means to manipulation what it, what does it mean in terms of photography hmm. is it something bad or I think uh, technology implies already the manipulation in it so yeah. you can change uh, i mean colors and contrast you could change already earlier and also make collage and whatever i do change images the way i want just uh, yeah to show my vision exactly yeah yeah and i think in the contemporary art world the words and the wording we use with digital photography makes a big lot of a difference the way we use you know is it manipulated or is it reworked or is it you know all those wording make a big difference uh, in the way uh, our work is perceived or in the way we uh, want our work to we be perceived so yeah. because they can be a negative connotation sometimes yeah I think, yeah, because, yeah, people still um, think about this authenticity. Yeah. Uh, the medium was related to so for so many years yeah. and showing something which they call the truth. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's a, yeah, it's we know it's obsolete. and Completely. Yeah, this is what I'm, yeah, always thinking about and... Um, That, that makes photography as a medium so exciting for me. Yeah. And I also love to see uh, younger artists and a younger generation of artists who grew up with digital possibilities, yeah. who don't even start it with analog yeah. chemicals yeah. and whatever, and see how they deal and what they find is uh, yeah, interesting to show and their concepts I'm very much interested in. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I also uh, see a lot of art and other artists and get inspired also by their visions. Mm. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. On Display is produced by Raw and Radical, an inspirational movement, resource and community for women who want to be creative and live a creative life. You can find out more about the artists on this series by going to rawradical.com. Please leave us a comment and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It truly helps other people discover the show. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter to get updates and more goodies. I am Maren Brodbeck. Thanks for listening.